Good morning. Let's open our Bibles to Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before those before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. He calls them foolish because they had given in to the teaching of the false teachers. If what they believe about salvation truly comes by works, then the crucifixion was not necessary. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 39, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, Jesus said, before his own crucifixion, if there is another way of salvation other than me going to the cross, don't make me do this. If they can keep the law, if they can be good enough, pray enough, don't make me do this. Of course, there is no other way of salvation. And he was promptly arrested, tried, and crucified. So Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you receive it? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? He asked them, how were they saved initially? Were they saved by their faith or were they saved by the law? Obviously, the answer is by faith. Unfortunately, this heretical teaching still has strong roots in many churches today as well. The logical con conclusion must be that if the flesh couldn't save you, then how is it going to be able to perfect you? And he says, have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Now he's forced to doubt their salvation. He says in chapter 4, verse number 11, I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. He's beginning to question whether or not they're truly saved at all. And that's true. I mean, did, are we saved by faith or are we saved by the works of the law? You remember we talked about in the beginnings of this study, it's, it's faith plus nothing. Equal, self, equal salvation, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, plus nothing. So when someone says, well, no, it's the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I have to be a good person, and I have to keep the law, and I have to... No, you're adding works to grace. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, is what he's saying. Who has bewitched you? that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was so clearly cru crucified for you. And he, sa and he says in verse number uh, 5, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit in to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The miracles and the goodness of God, he says, do they come from faithful keeping keeping of the law of Moses or by faith through the Spirit? Of course, the answer is by faith through the Spirit. The Spirit was given to each of us when we heard and believed the gospel. 
In Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them which heard the word. It wasn't by keeping the law. It was the Spirit. So too with each of us. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, God the Father has made all things depend upon faith so that whoever has faith will have everything. And whoever does not have faith will have nothing. And he says in verse 6, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now Paul compares our faith and our salvation to that of Abraham, the Old Testament patriarch. In Romans 4, verses 9 through 11, the apostle Paul tells us that Abraham's salvation came as the result of faith not as the result of works. For he says, For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it reckoned? When he was in circumcision or when he was in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in incircumcision. See, the problem is those people in Paul's day were running around saying that in order to be saved, you had to be circumcised, which means to convert to Judaism first before you can be saved. Now he points back to Abraham. When God gave Abraham the promises and he believed, was he circumcised at that time in his life? The answer is no. Abraham wasn't circumcised at that time in his life when God reckoned him to be righteous. He was reckoned or determined to be righteous before the rite of circumcision was even instituted. In other words, Abraham's circumcision took place many years after he was actually called righteous by God. Thus, works were not involved in his righteousness. And of course, we find these accounts in Genesis 15, 1 through 6, uh, where it was declared by God that Abraham's faith and the promises that God had given to him had made him righteous. Again, many years before the rite of circumcision was ever given. And he says in verse number 7, Therefore, Know that only those who are faith are the sons of Abraham. Have you ever heard that song, Father Abraham had many sons and I am one of them and so are you? So let's just praise the Lord. Just as Abraham was saved by faith, so are we. Thus we are the children of Abraham. Now here people say sometimes in the Old Testament they were saved by keeping the law. No. They were saved by faith, just like you and I are. They were saved by faith in looking forward to the coming of Christ, as we are saved by faith in looking back at the crucifixion and the coming of Christ. In verse 8, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The concept of God blessing much less offering salvation to Gentiles, was not even an option to the Jew of Paul's day. Yet the scripture says that God had a plan of salvation for the Gentiles in view, even at the time of Abraham. That's great news for you and I. Jesus said in John ten sixteen, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So in verse 9, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. 
Just as God blessed Abraham because of his faith, so he will bless us as well if we have faith. Want to be blessed? Have faith. And then verses 10 through 12. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, you either live under the law or you don't. You either live under the law and are condemned by the law or you don't. I'm humored by those who, in their desire to keep one aspect of the law for salvation, completely ignore the rest. Paul is saying here that it is all or nothing. You either keep the entire law and condemn by the law, or you, by faith, believe in the promises of God. It's one or the other. In verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing of Abraham was that through him, all of the nations of the earth would be blessed. And of course, we see this in Genesis chapter number 12, verses 1 through 3, in what we call the Abrahamic blessing. When God told Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you, and in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. So first, the Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ, was a Jew, a descendant of Abraham. Second, the world has been blessed even more by the Jews in that most of the modern breakthroughs in science and medicine have been because of Jews. Now, if you don't believe that, go and search the web for how many Jews have won the Nobel Peace Prize. It's a whopping 176. They represent 23% of the total recipients since 1902, and yet they represent less than 1% of the Earth's total population. That's phenomenal by any account. I believe that one of the reasons God has blessed the United States of America is because of the way we have treated the Jew. While Europe, for the most part, has turned their backs on the Jews when they needed them most, America has not. Listen, folks. Tomorrow we'll get into verse number 15, but I do pray that you have an awesome day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and is working all things out for your good.